Welcome to the Exhibit A podcast. Welcome to Exhibit A, a program where we talk about interesting legal topics, especially family law topics, things that you probably want to hear about and hopefully you'll find entertaining. And today we have our senior paralegal, Ida. She's joined us. Uh, Ida, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. And yourself? Good, good. Thank (laughs) you for joining us. Um, Ida, just so you know, if you you haven't uh, worked with our office, she's our senior paralegal and she is an ace when it comes to technology. In today's topic, we're going to be talking about how to gain the technological edge if you're a divorce litigant. Uh, I like to call it the Family Law Litigants Toolkit. We'll be talking about various things that you could have uh, at your disposal if you're going through litigation and you want to be on top of it, and especially if you want to uh, work closely with your attorney. Now, I'm going to set it up this way, Ida, because I know that you don't uh, have the same background that I do because I'm centuries older than you. But uh, there was a day, believe it or not, where we didn't have any of the technology that we're using today. I mean, it, it really is amazing. I, we're starting 2019. It's even hard to believe that we're almost 20 years into the new century because my mind, I'm still back there. I mean, that's, you know, that's how far back I go. Uh, I think all my adult life, I've basically been in the court system. And yes, I remember triplicate forms. Uh, I remember a day when there was no such thing as a cell phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pagers were a real big thing. When I became a a detective, if you were highly uh, regarded within the department, you know, a special type of a detective, you were assigned this uh, pager. And it was, you know, it was very expensive and only a few people had it. Same thing when I went to the DA's office. And, you know, it's, it's comical now when we look at the things that we didn't have and, you know, how the, the technology just kind of blossomed. But this morning, expecting you to come onto our show, I just jotted down a bunch of uh, things that we'll talk about. But it's just I, I probably just scratched the tip of the surface here is the stuff that we have now that uh, sure. we didn't have back then. So the question is, has technology made my life or the life of a family law attorney uh, any easier, Right. And, you know, that's a hard question to, to uh, answer because of the fact that I think in some respects it's made it quicker. Everything is very sure. fast. You take on more volume. Right. Our competitors have the same type of technology. So it's kind of a war of the technology. So from a family law attorney's perspective, I think that it's maybe made life easier in some respects, but it's also made it harder. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got like a gazillion emails every day that I've got to read. I know back in the 80s, uh, I certainly didn't have that, uh, you know, because there's no such thing as emails back then. Right. So let's talk a little bit about you, okay, before sure. we get into the technological part of it. I'm going to be relying heavily on your technology. Uh, you're a graduate of Whittier Law School. I am. You have, you have a JD. I do. And uh, you also are a certified uh, paralegal, correct? Mm-hmm. Where did you uh, go to school for that? Pasadena uh, Community College. I didn't I know that. Paralegal certificate from there. Okay. So, f- for people that want to get into the paralegal profession, what would you recommend that they do? Oh, I'd highly recommend them check out a couple schools. Pasadena City College is far more affordable, but there are other programs like UCLA Extension and some of the other schools. I would definitely go check them out, probably look into what opportunities, networking opportunities they also give to you so that you can meet other attorneys, other professionals. But it's definitely something to look into if you're thinking about being a paralegal. Cool. So you have to be a certified paralegal in order to do certain type of work in California. That's right. And uh, the 
limitation on par- paralegals is essentially you just can't give legal advice, but there's a whole bunch of things that you do for right. our office that, that is within the legal limits. And I'm very proud <laughs> to have you because you're so sophisticated and high level. Not all paralegals are, are the same. I mean, sure. you could get somebody that's brand new, but bringing somebody in like yourself is like, I, now this shows you how old I am. It's like driving a Cadillac, mm-hmm. right? People go, that, I say that today's generation now, and they're going, what's a Cadillac, Don? <laughs> that, you know, right. Don't you mean a Mercedes or something like that? I'm like, no, no. Tesla, okay. Don. Okay, Tesla. a We're Tesla. Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It's like driving a Tesla, man, you know, auto drive. Anyway, so you, you, how long have you been a paralegal? So I actually started off working in a law office back in 2003, I think. And then that was around the time time I was going into uh, paralegal school. I I did go to law school right after graduating from the paralegal program. Circumstances led me someplace else. I actually took a detour and started my own app development business. So that's how uh, immersed I became in technology, meeting some Google execs, meeting some Twitter execs. It was great at the time. So it'd be like uh, industrial conventions or conventions or something like that. Conventions, that's the word, Yeah. yeah. So it was it was a great opportunity. I really enjoyed that time. I was still working at a law office at the time, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with myself. And technology has always been a part of my life. Let's and talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that you and I really uh, have in common. It's funny, when you came on, you recognized me and I recognized you as uh, the two people that love technology. Now, I'm going to have a disclaimer for myself. I don't know how to write programs. I don't know how this stuff works. Uh, I would never claim that I could fix a computer or anything like that. But I love new toys, new gadgets, and I'd like to harness technology to see how it enhances uh, you know, our, our practice of the law, see if it, we, we could be better with it. What was it or why is it that you like technology so much? Have you figured it out? Yeah, so my dad was a techie. Oh. So back in the day, uh, I pride myself with the stories. Back in the 80s, he uh, was commissioned to do a job from one of his clients to call in, dial uh, I don't know what code, and the uh, jacuzzi would turn on. So this was in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. re- really advanced. Yeah. So that's kind of like having that uh, Alexa program, right? Right, right. Okay. So this was in the 80s, okay. and you would use your landline to call in, and it would start up a program, and it would turn on your jacuzzi. Wow. So I, when I would hear stories like that, I was, I was just fascinated by it. So when I was in high school, my dad would bring in these old towers, you know, those big com- computer towers? Yeah, yeah. He'd bring them in. And Saturday morning, he'd open my door to my bedroom, drop it on the floor, and he's like, this isn't working. Fix it. Holy cow. So I started tinkering with it, unplugging things, replugging things, having no clue what I was doing. But then the thrill, the excitement of getting something to work, that's that's where it all started from. And, uh, you know, it just, well, it's really been with you, like you said, all your life, yeah, it, it literally because of your father. That's yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Family Law Litigants Toolkit. Now, okay. I, I put together this list, and I want to say this is that, uh, I mean, it's so expansive. We already assume that people have cell phones, right. the internet, right. right? You know, there's things out there that if you don't have it, you're probably not living and breathing anymore. <laughs> and you certainly wouldn't be watching this show if you didn't have those things and right. stuff. So we're not going to get into that type of basic stuff because you just got to have it. But I put together a list of things that I thought would be helpful for people that are going through family law, whether they have attorneys or not, sure. uh, you know, to help them gain the advantage in their cases. So first thing that I have on my list is a uh, Dropbox, right. okay? Uh, Dropbox or programs like OneDrive or something similar. And I should have this disclaimer is we are not endorsing any of these products. Right. I'm not getting paid for any of them. Neither are you, I hope. Right. No. Okay, okay, right. So 
but I think that it's uh, it's interesting to talk about some of the things that are on the market right now that we actually use within our office. So exactly. Dropbox, why do you think Dropbox is uh, so useful? Can you explain it to people that might not really know how that works? Sure. So I'm going to take this back to uh, just pure lay talk. Sometimes you scan a document and it's just too big to email. What that really means is that the file size is too large for your email. Emails have different capacities. So if you're, you scan something, it's too large, you can't email it through the regular way. Uh, we use other programs like Dropbox, OneDrive, or Google, Google Drive. And what that allows us to do is it allows us to upload it there. So we keep it there. And then we send a hyperlink. It's just, it looks like a, a website link. And we send that over. And that person clicking on it can now access those documents. It's a great way to send large files uh, or multiple files. Um, so we, Don, as you know, we work with forensic accountants and we have to send documents back and forth. They have more highly encrypted, which is more secure ways um, to do this. They have shared file. Uh, username and passwords are required for those more sophisticated encrypted documents. But for the regular, you know, Joe and Jane, get onto Dropbox, put it on there, you know, pictures, files, whatever you need, videos. They're too large to go by email. They can go through Dropbox or OneDrive or Google Drive. And it works both ways. Our right. clients could send us voluminous documents without having to make copies or go over to the uh, copier store to right. get them. They could save themselves a lot of time and money probably, but it's also for us to provide documents to our clients sure. yeah. because as attorneys, we get a, a massive amount of documents. Our job is to keep our clients informed, and what happens when counsel uh, dumps a thousand, do- thousand uh, copies of documents you know, with us? How do you get that to the client quickly? Right. Well, the best way is to, through one of these programs. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the more important ones for, our, for people to have. Uh, the next thing that I have here is these programs that – assist parents in speaking to each other when there's custody right. issues and stuff. And I've, I've got the two that I know of, and one's Our Family Wizard or Talking Parents. Can you can you explain what those are? Sure. So a lot of our clients come in, and they come in with their text messages. And text messages, they say, look at what he sent me or look at what she sent me. What they don't show is they probably deleted the first message, right? Right. <laughs> and so they want to make themselves look good. And I understand where that comes from. But unfortunately, the communication that they've deleted on their phone is on the other right. person's phone. So it, it's going to come back and haunt you. So courts are aware of this. And, and these obviously the makers of Our Family Wizard or OFW and Talking Parents. So they created a website where parents are, can log on, communicate, back and forth through those web portals. And I know specifically for Our Family Wizard, you can't delete the messages. Right. So and we're now avoiding the, you know, uh, selective communication you want to send over because now everything can't be deleted. The other, the other thing about Our Family Wizard is it allows us, as attorneys, to log on, even the judges to log That's on, right. and watch what's going on real time. Right. Uh, what And the clients wouldn't know about it, or the, the opposing party wouldn't know about it because it's kind of a backdoor program. So it really keeps people honest, and I, and I like your information about uh, in the old days when people would say, well, Don, you know, look at look at exactly. what he's sending me. Look what he's sending me. But they would be holding back on their own exactly. messages. Uh, for those out there, don't uh, hold back for your attorneys. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> let them see the whole picture. If you don't have OFW or talking parents yet, don't hold anything back. Because there's nothing like being surprised in court right. um, and going, oh, this is a different case than what, what we came in here thinking it was. Okay, so the next thing is not a, a com- 
computer program, but it's I, I put jump drive. I, don't, I always get confused with the name of that. You're what, dating what, yourself, John. Okay, okay, what is it really called? Uh, you, well, I mean, it's really just a USB. Okay. Really. So um, at, between Dropbox and USB, back in the day, we also had CDs, right? And CDs are still a very good way of sending information. But, you know, it's like a one-and-done technology, right? USBs, you get to... Uh, you get to reuse, you get to delete, um, again, but it still has the physical component. Whereas Dropbox and OneDrive and Google Google Drive, they it's digital. It's all digital. There's no physical pro- part that you're handing over to anybody. So. Yeah. Well, the reason why I included the USB, I won't call it jump drive anymore because you corrected me, is uh, if you're going to court, a lot yeah, of times the court easy. doesn't have the greatest, you know, wireless system or you know and so you could plug that into a laptop and possibly you know produce documents right there in court right the uh the next thing is i think really really important that a lot of people don't know you know they come to my office and they go uh i've been uh through this divorce process for about a year i don't like how things are going uh and you know they've never looked at the la county superior court's website to know whether or not there's uh, matters on calendar or what the history of the case is. So maybe you could explain uh, what what that is and, and why that's important. Yeah, this website is by far one of the best tools that we have at our fingertips. So whatever is happening at the courthouse, they're putting it up. Maybe there's like a one-day delay, but everything is up on the court website. And in fact, some of my clients are um, use this so well that they call me up and say, my hearing date has been moved. <laughs> it's true. And, and, and then I'll, I'll verify it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It has. So sometimes, you know, especially when it's judgment time, clients keep calling and say, you know, have you heard anything back? Well, the first place it's going to appear is on this website. So they can just easily log in, put their case number in. And they'll have access to the same information that I do unless it's mailed to me. So this is, again, a faster way. And thanks to uh, technology and the digital world, we now have access to information that the court has. So it's a great, great tool. Yeah, I've got clients that do the same thing where they're – Hey, Don, did you know that uh, there's a motion on calendar? Right. Oh, no. Look at the website and it's there. Or or that there's been a continuance or something like that. Uh, There's other things on the Superior Court website we should probably also talk about that are helpful for people. One of them is is that uh, the uh, list of custody evaluators, the the Superior Court requires uh, custody evaluators to be on that list. And so people could look at that. There's also... Uh, information concerning uh, parenting classes, mm-hmm. you know, and things of that nature. So I, t- I would highly recommend that people going through family law cases, whether it's a divorce or custody, become very familiar with the L.A. Uh, county Superior Court. Or if you're in a different county, I've got some cases in other counties, uh, they all have their websites and to be able to do that. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. Okay, so, so the next thing is DocuSign, yeah. something that is really, really cool because it uh, saves an enormous amount of time. Why don't you explain that? Oh, DocuSign is, has helped us um, in our tight schedules. Uh, so again, going back to the good old days where you'd have to pen to paper or fax it over, DocuSign now allows us to send you a document, and upon reading it and reviewing it, you uh, you either adopt a signature or, you know, on your phone, you literally just pen in your, your signature, and then it gets marked down as uh, as your signature. You send it on over. As soon as you accept it and you send it on over, uh, we have it. So a lot of people may have come across some programs similar to this uh, during uh, 
with their real estate transactions. Uh, we now have it in the legal world, and the courts now accept it as as long as we indicate that this is a, a attached signature. Um, and it's very helpful. We don't have to have our clients drive all the way into the office. They can review the documents through their email, uh, go to DocuSign, accept the whatever the document is, adopt a signature, and send it right back to us. So Right, right. And while we're here, I, one thing I didn't put on the list uh, that people probably don't know and they should know is, is that here in L.A. County, we're finally moving into the 21st century because right. we're, we're about to start electronic filings in family law cases. Other counties have it. Orange County has it. That's right. Uh, I think Ventura County might. I, I don't know about a Ventura County, but I know Orange County does. For sure, yeah. Some of the other counties. And we we do do electronic filings for our probate matters. That's right. Right. But, mm-hmm. but we're about to start this process here, and folks should know that, especially if they're representing themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, now this, another one is uh, FaceTime, Skype. You probably uh, feel like maybe we shouldn't have to talk about this, but one of the things that uh, people need for to know, because everybody's got it on their computers now, right? If you've got right. an iPad, you've got this. You've got an iPhone. Right. You have it. But the importance is for when there's sharing of custody mm-hmm. and you want that's to have right. access to the children. So we don't need to spend a lot of time on that, but that's something that you know parents should know that the court's probably going to require in this day and age that you allow uh, the other parent to have FaceTime or Skype time with uh, with the children. Right. There's also legal research. Uh, our firm uses LexisNexis, but there's a, other other uh, programs such as Westlaw and things of that nature. If people want to look at the cases that are involved, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest you try to practice law because uh, uh, sometimes you know. Y- too much knowledge is, or too much information is going to steer you the wrong way. But if you were looking at, let's say, a case that an attorney told you about and you wanted to actually read the, the case, get something like this would be good. Uh, Soberlink. What is Soberlink? You know, actually, I don't know about Soberlink. Okay. Well, Soberlink is a program where if there's a parent or – it usually involves parents because if people don't have children, that it, it's not so relevant – but it's where uh, you have like a alcoholic on mm-hmm. the side or an accusation that somebody's an alcoholic, and the court will order somebody to blow into this uh, device, and it takes a picture of them as they're blowing into the device. So there's no fooling Mother Nature. I mean, you know that it's there <laughs> and it's computer generated. Uh, I wouldn't suggest that people run out and get one of these things, you know. But they should be aware of that. Let's say that you're married to somebody that's got an alcohol problem mm-hmm. and you know you want the court to do something about it that's a great suggestion to the court to order the other person to be involved with this Soberlink program it keeps people honest with respect to when they're around kids is this a uh, connected to um that device you install with your car because there was a new law i don't know yeah i saw that too i, yeah. I don't know if it's uh, the same company or not oh, I, I the company i believe is from the a different state we've had people in our office We've had training, and they've come in here and showed us, and we have had several of our cases involve that. It's, a, it's an interesting program. Uh, California Courts, and there's a website that, that I suggested, and it's courts. Here's the website. It's courts.ca.gov. Why don't you say it again because I'm butchering it. Sure. It's courts.ca.gov. Okay. And that's the California Courts system where you could go on and you could uh, download – uh, judicial counsel forms if you're representing yourself. You could also look at various uh, published decisions that are on that. There's better ways of doing it, but if you were uh, representing yourself, you could actually go on there and see that. Uh, I've thrown in there Adobe Acrobat. Yeah. And do you think that's useful? I think it's Why? very useful. Why do you think it's useful? You know, for starters, um, we use it when we scan our documents. 
and then we have to we have to fix it. Sometimes it comes out crooked. And if anybody's used a physical machine like a photocopy machine, <laughs> you'll know that that those things come with a mind of their own and they may not necessarily work with you. They'll distort the, the image and uh, the page. So what we do is we use Adobe to fix it up, clean it up, make sure that the pages look presentable before we either send it to our clients, send it to opposing counsel, or even use it for court purposes. Uh, we also use Adobe for trial purposes. So we date stamp our documents using this program. And, you know, Don, I'm sure I've used it back in my day um, and where we'd have to physically stamp every right, single page. Right. So now we have the ability of digitally putting the numbers there and makes uh, paginating papers a lot easier. Uh, makes uh, we now oh with um, we you briefly discussed that we're going into e-filing and Adobe is going to be a very useful tool because then we have to bookmark pages, make sure things can be found easily for the courts. They want to make sure. You can now read the document, so searchable text. Okay, let me just say this. Thank God I have you on staff. <laughs> this, sound, this is starting to sound really complicated, <laughs> above my pay grade. Okay. So, yeah, you do all of this through Adobe. And, uh, yes, we do. Your staff is well-versed with Adobe. Oh, so. Okay. I, I knew that, but, whew, <laughs> man, I wouldn't be able to do it. Okay. So I, I also included a program. It's an app, actually, uh, two apps. One of them is called Lost Stacks. Mm-hmm. And the other is lawyers, and the the lawyers is put on by a company that's called Wolfram Professional Assistance. Uh, Lawstacks is really good for looking at the law. You get updated every year, and it's really inexpensive. We used to order books, right? right. Very expensive books now, and now for a very small amount of money, I could get uh, all of the law updated. I think it's like thirty dollars a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like. Personally, when I'm looking at a code and if I'm in court, I have it on my iPad and, it, and it's great. Um, you research the law a lot for us and you uh, steer us in the right direction. What do you use when you do that? Are you using Lexis? Yeah, or? I usually use Lexis. So okay. Lexis is uh, our go-to. Um, I've Previously, I've used Westlaw as well. But I've heard a lot of good things about law stacks and um, I, I haven't heard about lawyers, but I'm sure it, it probably does. Well, let me tell you about it. Lawyers is different. Lawyers is a program that helps you with financial computing. Oh, okay. And I was just looking at it t- this morning. I haven't used it in a long time, but let's say that you want to calculate prison day interest okay. on uh, spousal support. You know, somebody mm-hmm. wants to get bought out of spousal support. There's programs in there that really help you. It helps you uh, determine uh, mortgage over a period of time and things of that nature. So I highly recommended that. And then, you know, I'm just going to go through the rest of these really fast. Uh, so one of them is DisoMaster. Mm-hmm. It's for calculating uh, support, child and spousal support. You can get that on your app. You don't have to be an attorney. I do want to caution people out there, though, that it's a little more difficult than just putting in numbers to figure out what right. support is because there's law that's based on it. So don't think that just by getting that program, you're going to know exactly what the support ought to be in your case. But it's a good tool. Uh, you could also go online and, and get uh, some calculators that are online. You don't have to get a DisoMaster. DisoMaster is just one of many programs, by the way, for calculating support now. It's probably the oldest and it's the one that I use, but there's other ones out there. There's a program that's called Propertizer that helps uh, determine how property should be divided. Uh, And there's one that's called Executioner. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite programs because once you want to prepare a document, it actually prepares all the accompanying documents with it. So it's ready to go. The, the, it does a writ of ex- execution for you. It does a judgment for you, ready to submit. So I think it's a it's an all-inclusive program, which is why I like it. I wonder if they call it executioner because they're going after uh, – they're enforcing orders or something. But it's like uh, for the – 
unpaid child support. You could get right. the arrears calculations and, and things of that nature. It's really an essential. Um, so, and then I also have two other programs. One of them is the Essential Forms. That's a program that we use for uh, creating forms. Uh, so, if somebody's representing themselves and they're inclined to do that, that's fine. And the last one I have on the list is, you know, it's my love, man. It's the thing I live Mine by. Too. Uh, Excel sheets. Mine too. And I it, used to be a teacher. I used to teach Excel classes. Oh my gosh! Yep. I, well, you're gonna have to give me a class someday. Yep. I know you're really good and advanced <laughs> at that. I, the reason why I put that on the list is it's it's nothing that's new. It's been around for a long time. But I think that people that are putting together their property, you know, listing things out, there's nothing better than Excel sheets. And if you're well versed on it, uh, you could really do a good job. I've, we have some sophisticated clients, people that are uh, financially, you know. Uh, savvy people that work within the financial industries and they come in and they've got it all laid out and they sometimes it's more complicated than i could understand i need the help of a forensic accountant but excel sheets are are very very good so that's that's the list of uh the litigants toolkit that i created i'm sure that there's more and for future programs we're going to have you back maybe we could do some updates on some of the technology and stuff yeah so I, i hope that our viewers found that that was useful let's uh Let's transition now to something that's uh, a little more entertaining, I should say. And this is the article that I just saw this morning. I was having breakfast, and I went on my uh, my iPad, and I read that there was a woman who donated her kidney to her ex-husband years after the divorce. And the article starts off by describing these people as former childhood sweethearts whose fairy tale marriage ended 20 years ago. That's 20 years ago, 24-year marriage. Wow. They had two children, uh, and they still fulfilled their promises of sickness and health, uh, or sickness and in health, uh, to the extent that this woman donated her kidney to her ex-husband. And, uh, you know, I thought that was interesting because he's remarried, you know. I mean, it's, it, and so these people get along so well. And the lady is quoted that, um, you know, for me, it wasn't even a decision. Uh, she told me, uh, you, you know, it was kind of like him calling up and saying, can you come over and help me rake leaves? That's how I think of it. Uh, wow. How many cases do you get uh, on your case that, that have people cooperating like this? You know, it, it's rare, but it, it, it kind of puts a smile on my, on my face to yeah. see that they, after all these years, she still wanted to help out. So I, I think uh, we have a picture of this uh, for our viewers. Um, they look like they're happy. I wonder why they, well, they're still divorced. Well, now that he's remarried, so they can't remarry, I guess, but very, very interesting. You know, when I started Family Law, I used to always uh, think about why people were at that stage where they're coming to my office. And I have to admit that I don't think of that so often anymore because it's, we just see it so often and you sure. know that relationships end. But this is one of those stories that brought it back to me is like childhood sweethearts. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of sad, but it's kind of happy because they still love each other, obviously. Right. What, what I find is, is that when and we do have a lot of cases where people were childhood sweeter, things that I never thought I would see. But I've got people that met in high school. I've got some people that met in grade school. Sure. And after 30, 40 years of, of marriage that they're divorcing, uh, they're usually the, the less contentious mm-hmm. divorces, which is interesting. Oh, that's, yeah, that's I had, interesting. I, yeah. I had a, a, a settlement conference recently. And, you know, they, they were taking their sides. We settled the case. And on the way out, they were bickering a little bit. And so I asked them, I said, did you always bicker like this, even when you met in high school? And their faces just lit up. And they started talking about how they met and everything. And they walked out and they actually drove to my office together and then drove home together and stuff. But, yeah, that's an example of these childhood sweethearts. So uh, good for them. Yeah, you know, good and, for them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know, man, donating your kidney to anybody. 
I mean, yeah, that's a that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big deal. That's really really that's sweet. She should be commended. So, yes, she and he's should. he's a lucky guy. Yep. Okay, so that's it for today. Thank you, Thank you very much on. for having us, Ida. We hope to have you soon again. Sure. I want you to keep your eye on the technology out there because uh, we want to pass that on to our viewers uh, who might be interested in that. And thank you again for joining us on Exhibit A, and we'll see you next time. Exhibit A is produced by David Lindley at the Law Offices of Donald P. Schweitzer in Pasadena, California. For more information, visit us online at PasadenaLawOffice.com and all social media platforms. 